You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Tulsa today at ORU, specifically the golf indoor facility at ORU, which is outrageous. Uh, I wish I had a facility like this, but on the podcast, good mate of mine, college golf teammate, uh, my Welsh brother, I would consider you, Welsh, I mean, American brother, <laughs> um, you're in my wedding, like just good mate. And it's been good to catch up for the last, what, 30 minutes to see the golf facility that you guys are in charge of now. But I haven't had you on the podcast yet. No, it's uh, I haven't. You know, you've had a few other people on here. I was just waiting for the invite. Just you waiting know, for the so. invite. But well, happy to be here. Uh, yeah. So for everyone, Tim Broughton's on the podcast. Uh, I guess your current role is assistant head coach at OIU. Assistant, just assistant golf for men's and women's. Okay. Yeah. So before we get here, because I know we had a conversation about this position mm-hmm. last end of last summer, and it's very, you know it was. At a terrible timing, really, yeah. for a golf coach, which yeah. we'll touch on. But going all the way back, give people listening some context. Uh, I guess growing up, where you from, and and yeah, I'm from Tulsa originally. From here, um, went to SNU, played with Mike um, at Southern Nazarene in Oklahoma City. Um, got married down there. Uh, wife was from Tulsa as well, but she went to UCO for nursing and. I had a job down there at Southwestern Christian, and just you know, had decided to stay. Yeah. Um, it was a good position right out of college. You know, the plan was always to come back right to Tulsa right after college, and it just then it wasn't the right fit. So stayed there. We were there for man ten years, which doesn't even seem like it. But mm-hmm. I was the golf coach there from um, 2017 until this last August. Yeah, uh, when I got the job here at ORU. So got back to Tulsa. My wife's family lives here, so always good to keep keep the wife happy so mother-in-law enjoys it definitely Um, my parents are still in Oklahoma City but we'll see what happens they might they might head this way here in a gear or two so I I was you know I was thinking that actually the other day when 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 you you know just coming back and starting the new year and everything I was like how long are your parents because I mean they followed you down Mm -hmm. didn't they to to you and your sister in school and your older brother but we're I mean, obviously, you know, looking back at your career in golf, like it, it's golf is basically associated with you for for you know the last five years easily. But was it always like that? Is, I mean, what what kind of like what was your early you know sporting kind of loves? I guess growing up was golf involved, or was it other sports? If you would have told eighteen year old me that I'd be a Division one golf coach, I would have laughed at you. Honestly, yeah. I was baseball through and through. Um, actually, that was my first job out of high school. Was at or out of college? Was at Southwestern Christian. I helped start the baseball program there in fall of two thousand thirteen. Um, and then the it, golf was forced on me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, thank God, obviously, right. but it was forced on me. Um, the golf coach at Southwestern in the fall of two thousand seventeen decided to move back home um, suddenly in September. So, you know, I did the interim thing for that first fall. Um, and then our athletic director there came to me and says, I think you'd be a good fit. And I, I wanted nothing to do with it. I did not yeah. want to do golf. I was set on baseball. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, 
Steve Holsey, my our old golf coach at Southern Nazarene, called me and said, "Look, you're crazy if you don't do it. You'll do a great job." Yeah. I said, okay. So I thought about it and talked to my wife, and my wife was all for it because she thought it'd be more time at home. <laughs> little did she know, little did she know if I was going to do something, I was going to do it right. You know. So um, yeah. we prayed about it. We decided to do it. So I took over in the spring of '18. Um, took over 118th in the nation. We weren't very good. Uh, had a lot of good kids, just you know, not a lot of talent, not yeah. the best practice facilities. So that's something that I did there. You know, obviously got a little bit better talent in. Mm-hmm. Um, got better practice facilities. Built an indoor facility down there. Obviously, nothing like we have here. Right. Um, but for NNAI program, it was it was pretty solid. Um, so I did that, and then uh, you know, got open doors here, and uh, I was lucky to move back to Tulsa. Yeah. So, so going <clears> way <throat> back, where does golf like a start for you? And you know, you said that if you'd have told you know mm-hmm. little kid. Tim, that you know, you'd be a golf coach. You'd like, like, where does golf? Like, what's your kind of earliest golfing memory? I mean, I remember golfing with my dad when I was three or four. You know, yeah. back, he'd have a push cart or a pull cart back then. They didn't have push carts, pull yeah. cart, and I would literally, you know, grab my arms around the bag, and he would pull me, and he would drop a ball, you know, on the fringe of the green, and I would chip it into the hole type thing. I remember doing yeah. that, um, but competitively, I didn't really play much competitive golf until I was high school, college era. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Uh, We'd play golf maybe once a month in between tournaments or, you know, baseball. or I mean, I played baseball, wrestling, and, and football yeah. all growing up. So not much time. You know, my parents found a sport for every season. So, yeah. um, the so it's predominantly, predominantly baseball growing up then. Yeah, predominantly baseball was the sport, you know. Yeah. Um, so the weekends that we had off, we'd try to try to fit golf in. But it just, you know, wasn't it was something I enjoyed, something I loved, but it was never something that I was competitive yeah, yeah. in. So Did you – so growing up then, you know, you love baseball, you love football, and, and you're playing all those sports. Was baseball kind of like your number one, hey, I'm going to go to college and play baseball? I mean, honestly, wrestling I was probably the best at. Okay. Just most talented but wrestling is just growing you can ask any wrestler you know you love it or you hate it there's no like eh, it's all right and I was good at it but uh, it was just growing so my junior year I decided to step away from wrestling and just mainly and I stepped away from football as well so I mainly focused on baseball my junior Mm -hmm. year Um, so yeah it was it was I sold out for baseball uh, yeah for sure so baseball initially would have been the love and then what brings you to I guess out you know down to Oklahoma City down to SNU from Tulsa. Yeah, so I was I was here in Tulsa. Um, I was at Roger State, um, and then I was down in o- Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Sorry, with my uncle playing in a golf tournament, and we actually got partnered up with Steve Holsey, which mm-hmm. is the head coach at SNU. It was a little stroke play, four man best ball, and we just got partnered up with him. And it was at Silver Silverhorn. Yeah, the course that closed down there in Edmond, yeah. and I played really well, and Holsey was talking to me. He's like, what are you doing? I was kind of telling him what I do, and he told me, he said, look, you're in the wrong sport, so if you ever get smart and decide to play golf, <laughs> give me a call. And, you know, that August, I decided, man, maybe this isn't for me, so yeah. I give him a call, and he's like, we don't have much money this year, but, you know, if you come up here and you produce and stuff like that, we can, you know, we can get you academic and whatnot this year, but we can help you out after that. Yeah. And uh, so I went down to SNU and played golf and, and loved it, you know. What do you think when you walk on the golf team? When you, I mean, you've been, I'm sure you've been a part of a golf team in high school, but, you know, predominantly baseball, baseball locker room is the total opposite oh, to man, golf, it's, it's, you know? And I, there was some things I missed about baseball. You know, there's, obviously you play five guys, there's a team aspect, yeah. but like baseball, 
baseball or, or football, you're all on the field at the same time. You're seeing everybody at the same time. You know, or golf, you tee off on one. You don't see them until the 18th green. Right. You know, you're out there by yourself. Good, mm-hmm. bad, or indifferent. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, so I miss, like, the team aspect in that sense. But golf's a whole different dynamic of team aspect, you right. know. So it's um, – so it was different for me, you know. I remember my first qualifier, first practice. You can ask Heinrich. He played at SNU with us. I walk out there with a flat bill, and I looked like a and baseball big player. big Oakley glasses. Yeah. yeah. He's like, who is this guy? Um, so – he, uh, it was, it was different. You know, it took a little bit of adjusting, you know, I'm a loud guy yeah. by heart. So just being on the course, you know, you're not supposed to be loud and brash. And so I had to, had to come down a little bit. Yeah. So. But so what well, kind of, obviously I know your story pretty well, cause we've been friends for, I mean, over, t- mm-hmm. it's been 10 years since yep. I've been here. So it's been a long time, but you know, looking back on it, you can see elements of, of your golf, you know, your university golf career, kind of that coaching side of mm-hmm. it because even even when you didn't make the top five you would still travel with the team Correct. and help coach yeah. out right yeah that was like that was the first time that i coached if you will you yeah know, if i didn't make top five i'd travel with the team um which truthfully it got to the point where i honestly enjoyed that more than than playing yeah. you know obviously i loved playing and loved competing but just that aspect of it helping somebody talking somebody through shots that was like you know and that's even when holsey was like man you you could do this if you yeah. if you really wanted to. You know, you think, well, every coach tells a kid they're not going to say, "Hey, you suck at this." I would never do this for the right. rest of your life. You yeah. know, so I thought he was just being nice. You know, but when he called me back in you know the Christmas of 2017, he said, "Look, you're crazy if you don't do it. Like yeah. I've seen it, you can do it. You know, you can make a career out of this. You know, it just yeah. meant a lot. You know, Holsey's a Hall of Famer. You know, so right. when he says something, you kind of listen. So, yeah, he knows what he's doing. When, he yeah. told, when you're talking about coaching yeah. and kind of leadership and stuff like that, but. It wasn't, like I said, before that phone call in 17, it wasn't golf, right? You went, mm-hmm. you know, when you graduated university, you went to help Bethany baseball, Correct. right? Because it wasn't, at that time when you graduate, you were looking to become a teacher. Correct. Right? Yeah, that was the plan. So I ran out of eligibility. You know, I had a victory lap or two in yeah. college, you know. that You're supposed to graduate in four. <laughs> I didn't. So I ran out of eligibility before I ran out of classes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my last year of classes, I was a lay coach I guess at Bethany I think I made 600 bucks a semester you know just scraping by but it was one of those things like you said I wanted to be a teacher so I thought if I get my foot in the door here at Bethany hopefully it'll help me get a job you know um when I'm done with school and then SU offered me the job and I was actually the RD so I lived in the dorms for two years right try convincing your wife hey uh did you have fun living in the dorms in college? Yeah, <laughs> let's why? Move back. Well, let's, it's free. let's let's move back. So, so I yeah. did that for two years, you know. But she she will tell you that, you know, our one regret is maybe not living there one more year because it was free. You know, right? Yeah. We, I mean, when you're young, you don't have a kid. You know, man, right? we were able to. It, it it really financially kicked us off. Yeah. So it was it was huge. It's for the sure. like, it's the and now when we look back and we remember our RDS when we were in school and you're like. Oh, I get it. That's why they kept doing mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. Right? That's why they do it for six years. You're yeah. like, oh, man, it makes sense. I mean, if you're making a real salary and you're not paying, you know, $1,000 a month or yeah. whatever for a house, like you're saving real good oh, money. And saying. then the food and all the mm-hmm. other stuff. Every like, little thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, okay, there are times where you have to be there all the time. Yeah. Or know? the 2 a.m. phone calls where somebody's being a dummy. You yeah. Know, you have to put an Oreo in the microwave <laughs> and the fire, fire <laughs> yes, on their way. Yeah. 
but yeah, totally worth it. But still, at that point, it was baseball and teaching. Correct. Right? Correct. It was never golf was golf was far, far, far from yeah. the picture. That's you know, it's, you look back now. I'm 32 now. You look back and you're just going, you know, God had a plan at everything. Right. You know, it's and it's one of those things that in the moment you're just like, what it, what are we doing here? And then all of a sudden you're just like, you know, because in 2000 when I took over the golf program, I yeah. mean. We were bad. You know, 118th in NAI. We were an really, unknown. No, we're, oh. I mean, from my perspective, it was like, well, are you we, even going to have a program next year, we, right? We went to SNU, and for people that don't know, SNU's across the street. Yeah. SNU's across the street, and I had no clue SCU had a, or Southwestern Christian had a golf team. Right. You know, so it went from an unknown program to people that, you know, I'd be walking through Walmart with an SCU hoodie, and they'd be like, oh, do you play at Southwestern Christian? I'm yeah. like, no, I'm the coach. Like, you know, they knew, you know, so it was, it was, it was. Yeah. A big change, you know, from from right. that. So yeah, golf was golf was a long, long ways from from any idea mm-hmm. of of something that I thought I could do for a career. Yeah, but when you got that phone call, it made sense for you to change because also you weren't traveling as much with a baseball team, right? Correct. You know, you travel less with a golf team, Correct. even though you're away. It still made Correct. it's made sense yeah, for the family baseball, as well. Baseball, you play, you know, every Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You yeah. know, and if you're at home, that's great. But a lot of times you're on the road. Right. Where golf, you know, you play Monday, Tuesday, yeah. sometimes Wednesday. So it's you're gone longer periods of time, but. You know, you play eleven tournaments a year, so it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. So. so so getting into when you take over the golf program, you're still teaching as well. Mm-hmm. As, uh, you know, he's teaching, mm-hmm. I guess, as a college professor Correct. at that point, teaching history. Correct. Which is one of your other many loves, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, if anyone knows Tim, they love talking about history, uh, and keeps reminding me of you know back to back World War champions and all the other stuff. That, well, we want a war you know, before that too. That Mike know, knows a little bit about the too. stuff like that. Uh, that's all a humorous banter between us that people listening might not even understand. But you you take over um, this unknown golf program, and I mean anything that you do is probably seen as progress because it's at the bottom mm. of the bottom, yeah. right? Like, which is coming in as a coach is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a good thing because anything you do, you're going to be successful. <laughs> yes. And a bad thing because you got a lot of work ahead mm-hmm. of you. And we had a conversation, you know, I think early last year in your office, you know, and it's only taken three years, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, you, do you think you'd get here in three years? And like, there's no way. I thought it would mm-hmm. be a stretch to get it at five. Um, but... Tell me about kind of like your mentality early on and, and kind of like your process and, and people you seeked and, and just kind of help as, you know, if I'm going to do this, and you mentioned it earlier, if I'm going to do something, i do it right. You know, what was your process as coming in as, as a first time head coach of two programs, not just, you know, you got mm-hmm. guys and girls uh, and kind of like what were your you know, early processes to set a foundation that you could build on to one day make a national championship and win tournaments and be successful? I mean, I'm like you said, I'm going to fi- figure it out one way or another. So I asked a lot of questions. Mm. That's, you know, we joke around all the time that I've never had a good player that didn't ask questions. Right. Bad players don't ask questions because they don't want the answer. Good players ask questions. You know, they're going to ask, okay, how can I do this better? How can I do that better? Same thing with coaches. Good coaches ask questions. You you look for mentorship. You look for somebody that's done that, knows more than you. Because um, if you think you've arrived, you haven't. There's always somebody that can do better. You know, even Nick Saban has mentors, and he's probably the best college football coach yeah. ever. You know, and he has people that he talks to. So, you know, I always, I, I, I went out and I looked for, you know, people that did it, have done it, you know, um, being where I was in Oklahoma City, he had Kyle Blazer. So I talked to Kyle Blazer some, you know, said, Hey, what do you got to do? So he would send me some of the people that he talked to, or, you know, you knowing Elliot with College Sports America, or, you know, so I just, 
I knew that my dad always says you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a mule. You can be the best daggum jockey, but if you're riding a mule, you ain't going to win it. Yeah. But you can be a terrible jockey, and if you have a best quarter horse, you're going to win it. Yeah, win. Um, yeah. So we went and got some thoroughbreds, and uh, it, it makes coaching easy whenever you can say, hey, let's hit this mm-hmm. shot, and they can do it. You know. Um, so we went and got some better players. Uh, just I was constantly recruiting, whether it be yeah. through you know, with social media these days. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I mean, and then, you know, you're from overseas, you got all these agencies now where Mm -hmm. it's easier for internationals to get over here more than it was even, I'd say five or 10 years ago. You know, there's so many with you is pro dream and a couple others. Now there's there's three, I think. Yeah. I think there's maybe three or maybe five tops. Well, now you have 25 agencies. So you got, you know, so I just got in with all those people, you know, and I just tried to find the best kids with the best fit. Um, And it always, I did a really good job of taking chances on kids, you know, Um, kids that were under recruited or got cut from a better program or, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, Coaching, you got to coach through relationships. You got to love a kid. You got to tell them you love them, let them show them, you know, you can tell the kid you love them, but you got to, you got to show them, you know? So if they know you care about them and you're willing Mm -hmm. to run through a wall, then they're going to do the same thing for you. So, I mean, we did fundraisers that they were terrible. We'd work OSU or OU football games and I'd go there right with them, you know? And, um, and that's what I always tell the kids. I, I'm a no excuse guy, so I'm going to make sure you don't have an excuse, mm-hmm. whether it be finances, whether it be practice facilities, whatever it is. Um, and that's other stuff I did. In the summers, I'd work at Gillardy or Oklahoma City and get in good with the pros there so I could call them and say, hey, can we come qualify on a Tuesday? Sure, right. come on out. You know, and that's something that they didn't have before I got there. So mm-hmm. it was it was, it was was tough, but, you know, it was stuff, something that had to be done. Right. And I, I love that, like, you know, and I mean, I rode the bus with you to an OSU game when you went and worked security with your, you know, with your team. And I went and had a great time at the game and then rode the bus back. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, the, there's really cool, you, you know, you mentioned like building a team that, we, you know, that knows that you would run through a wall for them. And, and I can definitely say that about all the guys at SCU, like that you didn't just have like respect as a coach you had respect as a human being mm-hmm. as well which is you know sometimes it's very hard to get both yeah um which is really cool to see that you know the guys respected you and they knew that you were constantly working towards you know making it easier and better for them and like you said taking out the excuses you know like i said with finances or facilities i mean you know you saw the was it the the transport office or the bus office it was, or whatever? It was maintenance shed. Maintenance shed. Yeah. You know, you saw the maintenance shed at, at SCU, which everyone pretty much drives by. You know, if you drive past the school that just had buses parked outside it, almost full of nothing, mm-hmm. to turning it into an indoor facility with a putting green and a gym mm-hmm. and a track man or you know, it's flight it's scope, flight whatever scope, it is, yeah. like. You know, uh, but not not only did you see that, you also went out and raised the money for it as well, mm-hmm. which is. I mean, more work than just, you know, getting in there, right? A few phone calls. A few phone calls, yeah. But I want to, I mean, you told me a story about going back to having mentors or coaches. I want you to share the story about when you called up, um, uh, oh, issues, old coach. McGraw. Tell, tell me about that, because that, for me, really surprised me when, with that whole story. Yeah, so I took over the program, like I said, in 2008, spring of 2018, and I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who. And they're like, do you read? And I was like, yeah, I like to read. They're like, well, you need to read the book Better Than I Found It by Coach McGraw. And it mm-hmm. just kind of talks about what he did at OSU and, you know, stuff that he's doing at Baylor and his little bit of time in Alabama. Yeah. I said, okay, you know. And so I read it. It took me like five days. You know, it's just, it's an easy read. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it just kind of talks about stories. And, and honestly, it kind of talks about his practice plan, how he qualifies. It's his, a coaching Bible. It, it really right? is a coaching book, and for lack of better words. Yeah. So I read it, and I emailed him. Um, I'm pretty sure his email is actually in the book, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll email him and just see. And I mean, three hours later, even when he's back, he's like, look, I got some recruiting. I emailed him in March, I think. He said, look, we got obviously a season going on, and I'm going to be out of town. How does June 8th sound? I'm like, shoot, yeah, I can make it June 8th. And He said, can you be in Waco by 8? I said, yeah. I mean, Waco was five hours from Oklahoma City, so me and my assistant at the time woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and hit the road, got there at 8, and I'm thinking, you know, he's going to give us, show us a tour and give us a couple hours. We didn't leave Waco until like 6 o'clock that night. It was, and it was just everything. Thing that he could think of and you know between what they did for workouts you know how he recruited how he treated his players how he you know did practice how he encouraged his players how he mm-hmm. you know would push his players whatever it was you know and he just broke it all down and, you know I'm over there my hand hurt for like a week because I just wrote everything down that he had to say and I just kind of took that back and I was like look if this guy can do it at this level why can't I do it at, at the, at the right. lower level so I kind of just took what he said and did the same thing you know yeah um, and it was man it was it was great still still fairly close with McGraw today you know mm-hmm. he'll text you from time to time good tournament or, or you know when we made nationals he congratulated us yeah. you know because I went and saw McGraw the summer after my first year. Yeah. Just finished fifth in conference. And I mean. Treading water. Oh, man. Right. I, I don't even know if we were treading at that point. <laughs> yeah. I think we were drowning, you know. So it was just, and I think that was kind of the kicky start of mm. where the program kind of got to where it is today even. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you can't, it's, I mean, even when you go back to recruiting, right, how do you recruit people to a program that's an unknown program, mm-hmm. especially when you want to build better players and get better players? It kind of reminded me of like the whole money ball scenario mm-hmm. where you're like, I've got to get, okay, I'm not going to get the elite players because they're just not going to come here and I don't have the dollars to fight with them, you know, the bigger mm-hmm. universities. But actually it goes back to having a coaching plan and then, you know, building them up mm-hmm. to be, you know, you're taking risks. No, that's, I mean, that, and Anything I can take from the NAI level to now, I, I think starting where I did helps me. Yeah. Because not only financially, if I ever become a head coach at the Division One level or anywhere else again, you know, at this level, obviously there's more money than the NAI level. Yeah. Um, so anywhere I'm at, it taught me to pinch pennies, how to raise money, how to fundraise, how to pinch pennies, how to make a budget, how to stick with a budget. And then like you were saying, it, it, the main thing that I got is how to develop players because you're mm-hmm. not getting the best. Right. Um, so it taught me how to develop players, take what they have and make them better. You know, obviously yeah. they have to work for it. They have to want it. It's just like, you know, somebody being overweight and wanting to lose weight. Yeah, you can make them work out, but you can't control what they're eating at home. Right. Same thing where I was. Like, I can give them what it takes to be better, but, you know, so they had to buy in, you know. Um, and then, you know, I'd say after my second or third year, the recruiting gets it gets easier. Much easier. You yeah. know, once you start getting better, it gets easier. You know, you call a kid, hey, we're the top 25 in the nation. Well, they're going to yeah. listen. Imagine calling a, a pretty good player and saying, hey, we're 118th in the nation. Right. And then all of a sudden you got, yeah, oh, exactly. I think you hung up on me, you know. So, um, but it got easier after that. Um, and then, you, but you, you don't change, you adapt, you know, so. Mm-hmm. You, you practices, I would say, adapted from my first year to my last year at SU, and even here at ORU, because you got to adapt to your players. Well, right. I mean, I broke it down the basics my first year, because a lot of kids just didn't even know yeah. the basics. You had mm-hmm. kids from the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, that had never had a swing coach. They yeah. were just raw talent. So yeah. if you broke it down to them, 
that's how it, you know, they'd get better that way to where in the last year the kids could come in and actually hit a flop shot. Yeah. So well, you didn't have to teach them how to hit a flop shot anymore. So you had to you had to evolve practice to where it made right. them improve. So yeah, so you're right. You're starting off with basic fundamentals. Like mm-hmm. this is actually how you practice. Correct. You know, to get better because growing up, I mean. You know, I didn't know how to practice. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have practice plans or whatever. I mean, kids these days, all you need is to Google them and you can get a practice <laughs> plan and you're set. But like you said, it's putting them in an environment with a bunch of guys that like, yeah, we're going to get better. And then they're going to get better and learn from each other, Correct. which then makes your job easier because then you're just like, hey, let's just, you know, let's, let's figure this out and work towards it. And then when they get better, it's finding, refining those Correct. plans, details and competition gets stronger. And like I said, you build a team that, believes in themselves as well i think that's probably one thing that you looking back would realize that when you finally made it you know you started winning golf tournaments mm-hmm. right well where was that first win so i was actually not with the men's team when they won the first tournament i was mm-hmm. with the women's team um we had just had wyatt yeah I mean, he may have been six months old maybe um and i was with the women the women stayed in oklahoma city were uh, practice playing at lincoln that tournament so i sent my assistant coach uh, morgan at that time uh-huh. with the men's team to kansas city um it was actually a match play that was the fall of 2019 so it was right before the year of covid yeah the shortened season and we won our last tournament of the fall um yeah. won a match play we beat the number 12 team in the nation in the championship um and I think that if you have to go back and say, okay, that's where we, you know, crapped or got off the pot. That's where we got off the pot, for yeah. lack of better words. That's where our guys are like, okay, we're actually good. We can beat anybody. Right. And I think that's kind of what set us forward. And then we went to Houston, the first tournament of the spring we won at Houston. Um, and then we go to San Antonio, and we finished third at San Antonio, beat a bunch of ranked teams, and then COVID happened. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we just took all that. Everybody was disappointed. One, you lost golf, and two, everybody was like, man, I think this was our year. And we, right. we had a shot, you know. So um, I would say that tournament um, in Kansas City, that was our first win, but I would definitely say that's when yeah. the aha moment. Okay, we can do this. Like, we you are good. see the belief yes. in your players. I mean, because like, as a coach, your job is to tell your kid. I mean, uh, you got to be honest with your kids. Yeah. You know, but you can't be brutal. You know, you can't say you suck, you know. So I would always tell the guys, like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And then finally that fall, I was like, guys, we're good. Yeah. We just got to produce. And, uh, yeah, finally everything clicked there in Kansas City. And about that, you know, I remember them coming home and they're – they come into my office. They're like, we can, we can do this. Yeah. And I always tell people all the time, a team that belie- believes is dangerous. A very. team that believes that they can do it is very, very dangerous. Um, and that's even something that happened last year when I was at SU. They started. Mm-hmm. They, they believed that they were the best team in the nation, and more times than not, they were. Yeah, and especially when they're the underdog too, yes. right? Well, like you're in an underdog me. program. You're in an unknown program. You're coming up. No one knows who you are. You know, no one either cares who you are. And then you show up, and like you said, you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Like, South, no, we, Southwest we, and what? Like, where do they come from? We were the name that you'd look at and go, who the heck are they? Yeah. You know, they must suck. They must be in a terrible conference. They must do this or that. And then we'd beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And you're going, oh, okay, they're actually good. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we just had uh, – we had seven, eight, nine, ten guys that just would go out every day and compete mm-hmm. and thought they were the best. They might not have been the best, but I, I'm telling you, fake confidence is better than no confidence. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and the, to cap that year off, you make nationals, mm-hmm. right? Which was the goal all along. But when we had that conversation, it was the goal. You know, you think, Correct. I'm going to get there in five years, and it turned out to be three. Correct. Um, 
I mean, just the buzz of the team thing. Now we've made nationals. We're going on a road trip or whatever. How was the whole week? Oh, man, that week was insane. Um, it was – so uh, to back story, so uh, really to be go to nationals, you got to be top 17 in the nation mm-hmm. um, or, or win conference. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of like the recipe, if you will, to go to nationals. Um, and – that year, I thought we were the best team in the conference, and yeah. we had been all year. Um, but to win conference, somebody's got to get hot. Yeah. Whoever has that one hot guy that goes out and just tortures a course, that's who usually wins it. Mm-hmm. And we beat Oklahoma City, God, six out of seven times that year. Yeah. I mean, just torched them. You know, we were the better team. We were. Um, and then we go to Nash or conference, and I'm thinking, we're going to, you know, we're at the time, we're 19th in the nation. Yeah. Weren't getting the respect that I thought we deserved, but I was like, we're going to win conference. And Oklahoma City, a guy just gets hot. We're at Dornick. If anybody knows Dornick, yeah. it's not. It's same same designer as Southern Hills, which is where they're playing the PGA Championship. But it's just not as long. But still, it's just fiddly. just to, yeah, you got to yeah. hit hit it. You know, you could be in the middle of the fairway and have to hit a punch underneath a tree. You know, yeah. um, but they had a guy that just got hot and shot. I think nine under, which is insane out there. You <laughs> insane. know, greens yeah. are super fast. Longs yeah. rough is long. You know, can't get it to stop. Um, and just they beat us by I think nine shots. Yeah. Guys are hurt. I'm you know first thing they ask is are we going to nationals? Yeah. I have no clue at that point. You know, and the whole time you know you're telling them they're asking how do we get you know all year long how do we get to nationals? How do we get to nationals? Yeah. Top seventeen, win conference. Those are your two ways. Like I said, we were nineteenth. We yeah. don't win conference. So everybody's like, it's a year over. Um, and I knew the, that we finished on a Tuesday. I knew the uh, emails for qualifiers came out the next Monday. It was the longest five days of my life. Yeah. You know, that weekend before, you know, you're just constantly pacing. And I just remember getting that email. I, I think we dropped to number 15. Even though we lost to Oklahoma City, we had beat Wayland and Wesleyan mm-hmm. um, that were number 12 and number 6 in the nation. So we dropped to 15. We get in. We go nuts. Um, just having a good time. So then we had two weeks off before conference and nationals so that week before we just did a lot of really good practice went to a bunch of cool places and played but that week before it was it was so much fun we played at tpc to run drove up there yeah course is immaculate you know um but i mean the guys it was one of those things that i asked them on the way up i said i mean was our goal to get here is our goal to win right and they said, well, our goal was to get here, but we're here now. So now our goal is to win. Yeah. And I loved it, you know. Like, right. And that's the thing is your goal's always got to change, you know. Once you get that goal, your goal's got to change, I For should sure. say. And so that's what I told them all week. I was like, don't be surprised if we win this. Yeah. Don't, like, don't be. Only people in the country, everybody else is going to be surprised, but we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, man, it was such a great week. Because you had a, was it? Round, tough first round, second round was much better. No, it's a really good, good first, first round, round and tough okay, second yeah, round. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but so. still, like you, you know, when they go back there over the years, now they're used to it, right? The players are used to it. Correct. And, you know, very few does very doesn't happen very often where the first team to qualify for nationals in their, their program <laughs> history wins it, right? Yeah. Like Cinderella story or whatever. <laughs> like it doesn't happen very often. Um, but also, you know, you have a great resume then you know you you've taken this team from nothing to nationals mm-hmm. in three years you're winning golf tournaments you have guys who you know are playing other tournaments around the world or whatever and, and just you know you, you're, you're recognized as a program and obviously other people start recognizing you mm-hmm. because you know you, you apply for some other jobs and, and then you know you get a phone call that says well this job's available come up here correct 
which back to what we started the podcast, like coming home was always the plan. Yeah, that was a plan. Right? But you didn't expect it no. to happen, right? Well, Especially I mean, not two weeks before no. school started. Well, I mean, when you live in a place for 10 years, you know, yeah. home is where family is. You know, yeah. Tulsa was home. But, you know, I got married in Oklahoma City, had my yeah. first kid in Oklahoma City. Mom, dad, sister. Mom, dad, town. Yeah. you know, everybody was in Oklahoma City. Sister was there, you know, and Oklahoma City was only an hour and right. 45 minutes down the road. So it was, I thought yeah. Oklahoma City was going to live. You know, we liked Tulsa, but it was never at that point. You know, when we first got married, yeah, that was the plan. But mm-hmm. 10 years later, yeah. that wasn't the plan anymore. Um, so, yeah, when I got the call to, you know, this position was available, it was. Mm-hmm. It was bittersweet, I guess, for lack of better words, because it was in August. It was terrible timing. I mean, but I don't know if there's ever good timing. Never good timing, but, I mean, the week before school starts. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. It's tough to leave a program like that, you know, and I remember you you telling me about, like, you know, the the conversation that, you know, you had to tell your team. Mm -hmm. You were crying. Like, I mean, I would have, too. Like, you just spent three years, like, building these, these college athletes, these young humans up into, you know, like... Yeah, not just mm-hmm. in, on the golf course and off the golf course, respectable humans and successful. And then you go to say, sorry, guys, like, I know our job's not finished here, but I, I've been given an opportunity mm-hmm. and I've got to take it. Which they, I mean, all of them took it well. I yeah. mean, obviously we're all sad, you know, right. all disappointed, you know, but every single one was like, we, we, we get it. Yeah. You yeah. know, if we had an opportunity to do that, we'd, we'd do it too. Right. But it doesn't make it easier, you know. Never. I, it was one of those things that I interviewed on a Wednesday, and I was work at work in Tulsa that next Monday. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I guess there's, it's better than you know, it's like ripping the bandaid off. Yeah, you yeah. know, I guess that was the good thing about it. But right. it was, it was tough. It was tough for sure. And I mean, you walk into this facility after you know building what you've built mm-hmm. at SCU. Like I said, you walk into a D two pro, D one program with a huge budget, amazing donors one of the best indoor facilities in in the country and you're like i have i mean this is like this is i mean speechless right because yeah. i mean just walking in here mm-hmm. you got you know you just look at the resume of golf courses the team practices at the outdoor facility the indoor facility you know you got four bays putting i mean you got mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, of donor money here yeah. possibly millions that that you know that aimed to give a golf program success and and no excuses back mm-hmm. to what you said earlier and you're not teaching now, right? You're just a, just, just, coach. a, just coaching. Just coaching. Which, again, going back to what you said earlier, like you thought you'd, have, you know, if Tim would have, little Timmy said, you're going to be a golf coach. You're like, no, I don't think so. And now you're at this, you know, this mm-hmm. huge program back where you grew up at home. I mean, you must have been walking in here licking your lips thinking oh, this was, is the best place in the world. It was nuts. You know, walked in here for the interview that day and I'm just going, you know, I was proud of what we built. My dad, right. I mean, me and my dad literally built the facility. Yeah. I mean, put from two by fours to uh, we did everything uh-huh. in that facility i mean fundraised for everything bought everything ourselves yeah. i mean from the wood to the carpet i mean we did it all you know so there was a lot of sweat equity and uh-huh. blood equity and all that stuff in there um Rabbit's knees oh yeah oh yeah a little <laughs> bit of everything um so yeah you were proud of it you know and for yeah. an nai program it was a good in facility and then you come here and you're just like i mean Mm. It was, it's night and day difference. It's just, it's, it's nuts for sure. So, yeah. I remember though, well, I remember you'd been here maybe two weeks and we had a conversation and I just said to you, I think, how's it going? And you said to me, I figured it out. And I was just like, you've been there two weeks. What have you figured out? And I think it was to do with looking back at your, 
you know, the mentors that you've reached out to, the practice plan that you had at SCU, even though these guys up here had an amazing facility, they lacked a little bit of the practice mm -hmm. structure that you had had at SCU, which means that you came in with something totally different, able yeah. to help the team out, right? Well, and that was like the thing that's that's beautiful about having coaches and assistants. Because yeah. I used to tell my assistant all the time, and this sounds mean, but it, he always understood it wasn't mean. Like, I want you to have different ideas for me, yeah. because if we think the same one of us is useless. Right. I want you to come in with new ideas. Mm -hmm. and that's even what Coach Watson said here at ORU. He's like, I want you to have new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I want you to come up with stuff. You know, I want you to come in here and, and, and take ownership, I guess, for lack of better words, of the yeah. program and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, they we have the facilities we have everything and they worked hard you know and they're disciplined but it was just different ideas you refining know? that yeah. work to yeah absolutely you know to i guess um what's the right word for optimize the, mm -hmm. the hours spent right if, if it make them more yeah, efficient in their practice people that think you have to practice eight hours a day yeah right. that'd be good but if you, thousands of all if you it's quality over quantity yeah you know and, and that was the thing here is i'd come in and guys would be practicing for five hours a day mm -hmm. But I'd be going, what did you get better at? And they couldn't answer, yeah. you know, to where now we cut that five to two or three. And they're like, I got better today. Well, how do you know that? Because, right. you know, this or that, you know. So it's yeah. it's a quality over quantity type thing. Being here, um, I mean, it's what, you've been here since August, right? Mm -hmm. So what are we in, almost six months? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what are your? Uh, how have your eyes been opened to being in a D1 program? Tournaments you traveled to, um, ORU, I guess, in the conference is kind of similar to SCU was, right? Mm -hmm. They're a little bit un underdog. We're, we're, you've got a big conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, very. You've got some great teams in the mm -hmm. conference, so it's kind of like a you, you're you're in a comfortable position because you know this position. Mm -hmm. No, so as far as D1, it's just, I tell people this all the time, like, I can't even explain it, you right. know, just the money's different, you know, here at you are considered a poor program, if you will, but yeah. we have more, way more money than I ever did at SCU. Yeah. Um, but with that, like, at, at SCU, you know, you don't have to travel as much, your traveling budget's less, or, <laughs> or we're driving. I mean, I've driven to Mobile, I've driven to... Um, Phoenix. I've driven to Florida. I mean, yeah. you, you're I on was the on bus the bus to for Florida twenty hours, Jeez. nonstop. I never wanted to do that again. Uh, me neither. You know, so I sat in the footwell, making sure you were still awake. <laughs> God, that was awful. No, so I. It was one of those things that here, you know, you, instead of driving twenty hours, you're getting on a plane. Right. You know, and um, instead of playing in Oklahoma City, you're playing in Palm Springs. So there's there's that difference um, at this level, and I tell people this all the time. There's not very much difference for, between the twenty fifth team in the nation and a hundred and 80th team in the nation because um, everybody's good yeah. you know it's just it's just like the NBA you know you can be the worst team in the league but you can still beat the best team yeah. you know same thing here we have just as much talent or you know ability as anybody else yeah um, but some people don't make the state mistakes we make um, so that's just something that we've been working on here make do, do the stuff do the simple stuff do the yeah. simple stuff right and everything will you know the chip that you're supposed to get up and down get you up and down, down. You, you know the chip that is impossible if you get it up and down great but let's the the basic chip yeah. get up and down the three foot putt make it you know you yeah. don't have to make 40 footers yes they're great to do it but do the basic stuff right and you know that's that's the main difference right. for sure. Well, and it's such a fine. Like I said, everyone's at this level, right? You know, there's not a huge difference between, you know, top twenty-five and hundred and eighteenth. Like, like, 
it's one shot here or there, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, whereas NAIA, it might have been two or three or yeah. five. Or yeah. I mean, you've watched, you've seen leaderboards where the you know OCU back in the day would win by you know thirty shots. Mm-hmm. You're like, how have they done that? And that's yes, and that's where you got to tip your cap to that yeah. OSU team a couple of years ago when they had Wolf and Hovland. Well, they don't even win the national championship because it goes to match play, but in stroke yeah. play, they were up like forty-two strokes. And at this level, that is just insane. Yeah, you know, you can go look at any leaderboard, and you're going to have the winner that's going to win by two or three strokes, and then you're going to have the peloton, as I like to call it, of just yeah. fifteen teams that are within three strokes of each other right you know so it's like you said it's a stroke here or there where at the nai level you're going to have one team win by 10 your second place uh-huh. team's going to be 10 back and the third place is going to be 10 back at second place right. where it's not you know that that double the guy gets here really does affect you where if mm-hmm. you make a double or something like that it affects you but not nearly, not as, nearly bad. as much yeah yeah so wrapping up then for for people listening who i mean they're either you know golfers themselves or just as you know athletes they know they're never going to have a, a professional career mm-hmm. in sports but they love the coaching aspect um any advice going forward for those people uh, and just kind of you know if you yeah just g- give them advice first and i want to ask you one more after that advice as a coach yeah like, like if you're listening to 17 18 year old you or 21 year old you that's in college now that you think oh, i want to be a coach what would you do I mean, I would just say the, the thing I tell people all the time is read. Yeah. Read, 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 read. You know, good players always read. Good coaches always read. There's always something out there to learn. And you don't have to just read golf books. Read leadership books. Mm-hmm. Read anything, you know, anything that's going to help you improve, you know. Um, helps you, one, learn how to speak more eloquently. Yeah. You know, you learn bigger words. And, two, like, there's always something you can learn, you know. Obviously, as a golf coach, I read a lot of golf books between Jack, Tiger, um, or whatnot, you know, just you want to you want to read the best, yeah. you know, because they're going to be able to give you the most insight. But I'd say read. And I'd say the, the thing that I tell people all the time is everybody is talented, but not everybody works. Uh-huh. So if you're the hardest stinking worker, you're going to be successful. So yeah. so no matter what, work hard. I tell our kids all the time. I say successful people aren't successful because they're smarter. They're successful because they work harder. I said if you need, you know, if you're if you're waking up at nine ten o'clock in the morning the person's already got three hour head start on you yeah. so get up at six yeah. so that's what you know just outwork outwork everybody mm-hmm. would you do anything differently looking back at your I mean the last five six years I know I wouldn't. I mean, everything that I've done, like we've talked about, has helped me prepare me for where I am now, whether it be saving money or this yeah. or that. You know, it's because there's times where you got to pinch yourself for me and be, you know, I'll say stuff that I'm like, God, I would have kicked my butt if I would have said that two years ago. Whether, yeah. you know, oh, we're eating at this steakhouse where, like, at SU, it's like, hey, we're eating at Chick fil A, and everybody's like, yeah, right, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you just you, you got to stay humble. That's the main thing. Stay mm-hmm. humble. Remember where you came from. I always do. Uh, we have a sand bunkers outside, um, so I'll do reminders where I'll go pick weeds out of there just to remind myself where I came from. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got to remember where you came from. God, that's uh, that's one thing that, that you know I think a lot of people forget, isn't it? Is remember even last year, right? Remember where you were last year, mm-hmm. and if you've consistently progressed, like always remembering where you know what your dreams were three years ago. Yeah. And you might be living that dream now, and then you know in three years' time your dreams are going to be different. You know, well, you're, you're, like all that stuff. You're always living somebody else's dream, right? If you think about it, you yeah. know, there's somebody out there right now that's 32 years old like me that would love to be where I'm at. Yeah. And I don't say that arrogantly, you know. And I, there's people that are living a dream maybe that I would like, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so don't look at your life that 
poor me, like you're living yeah. somebody else's dream. Somebody would love to probably be doing podcasts and selling houses like yeah. you do, you know? So, so take everything you have and be humble about it and, and cherish it, you know, and just mm-hmm. work harder than the next person. Definitely. Uh, goals for this year. Last question, man, goals for this year. God, winning conference would be huge. Both sides, men's and women's. we got a really good shot mm-hmm. both ways. Our girls are, are really, really good. Uh, we got Sarah Bell that, I mean, her last tournament, she shot 16 under at uh, Ozark National in Branson, just torched the play. It was insane. You know, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, we got her and we got Kiana. She was an LSU transfer, so she'll help us out. Um, And then we just got three other girls or uh, four other girls that really can just help us out big time. So we got a shot. Denver's tough. They're 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 the best team you know they've won conference multiple years in a row but but i mean we we're going to compete super super hard so so we're excited same thing with the guy's side we got a transfer in at break i think it's going to help us out a lot um Mm -hmm. and denver is the same you know they're they're tough on the guy's side but i think we have a shot you know the guys are are buying in yeah um and working hard i mean heck it's 30 degrees outside right now we're in the indoor facility and they're they're hitting wedges grinding yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure people listening have heard shots in the background <laughs> that's golf shots not gunshots uh people hitting golf balls and practicing but mate thanks for taking the time out for your day uh share some stories that's good to catch up absolutely and for people listening i'll post uh tim's i guess probably the, the oiu instagram so you guys can go check that out and keep keep up with them and if you have any questions for coach you can send them to him about leadership or what books he's reading or people to reach out to so thanks so much for that and we'll catch you next episode cheers uh, thank you this podcast is presented by the oklahoma hall of fame telling oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the hall of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at oklahoma hof thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories for more great oklahoma content Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.